sunny day it makes sense to record out here because in this interview with chris killen and laura williams we talk about ma's in creative writing um i'm just i've just finished the taught section of my ma um and i'm feeling a bit shitty about that because the ma takes place in the old corner house building and it's quite nice having um access to that um, and it just kind of snuck up on me at the end of these these courses. Um, and now I'm kind of on my own and I've got to write a whole bunch of shit, which is fairly daunting. Anyway, the music at the start of this was provided by the band Hot Shorts, which both of my guests belong to. Um, it's, a ba- it's a band that I really quite like. Um, and I think it. I had to merge it into my theme song because it doesn't it's too happy for this podcast but um yeah it's definitely a really cool band and i'm actually i've started i've made a habit of interviewing polymaths really because it just gives you a lot of stuff to talk about um if it's someone that just writes a certain way or a certain type of thing uh you run out of things to talk about really quick so it's nice to talk to people who have skills outside of literature um it also is because i think anybody that's in the kind of that's actually trying to make a living writing at the moment you have to be good at a number of different things because if there's anything i've learned in this podcast is that there's no money in this and um you need to have a multitude of skills really if you're going to make a nickel in this writing racket the interview uh, that I today takes place before the launch of Lara's debut collection of short stories, Treats, at the Whitworth Gallery in Manchester. Obviously, it was a. Uh, it actually was quite a nice evening, uh, despite the fact some dude decided to sit in front of me wearing exactly the same thing I was wearing: same shirt, same jacket, same glasses, same bald spot. That was really annoying, so I had to get out of there. Um, I've been a fan of Chris's for some time, uh, not just for his two novels, which are great, by the way, uh, hugely funny, and he's 
a lot of the things he writes about are very culturally relevant, I suppose, is the best way to describe his writing. There's that Manchester Siren on cue. Um, I've also quite liked Chris's stuff that he does with his um, writing collective, Metal Man. And I'm, I've been trying to get the Metal Man people on this podcast for quite a long time, actually. Uh, him, Joe Stretch, and Socrates Adams. Um, but it's difficult when one member lives in Cornwall and the other one doesn't respond to emails. Uh, not naming any names, of course, Joe Stretch. But um, anyway, I was very excited to talk to them, uh, well, to Chris especially, because they created a movie called Wizard's Way some time ago that did quite well in a number of film festivals and uh, has actually received some attention from Jack Black in Hollywood. Um, so I, was, I thought I was really quite excited to see him uh, and I wanted to know what it was like and when we were actually going to be able to see the film because I, I've been hearing about this film for ages. So yeah, I was really excited to talk to Chris and then he told me a story about it that um, I can't even broadcast. And I can't broadcast that bit of the interview because of reasons, really. Reasons I can't even hint at. Um, Chris does give us a broadcastable version of the story, uh, including information that we, the actual public, will be able to see the film for free, finally, on the internet. But um, the story about what's happening with the Hollywood part of this story, I can't talk about. Um, which, and I'm, I realize it's a bit of a crappy thing to to do to you, dear listener. But um, as a reward for listening to this podcast, despite the fact that I couldn't broadcast that amazing story, um, I've left the bit of this interview in where my brain decide, decides to abandon me. Because, I mean, as I'm interviewing him. Uh, once we, he does tell me the story about Wizard's Way, the rest of the interview, I'm just thinking, I, how can I continue this interview knowing that I can't broadcast that little story? So I kind of have a bit of a meltdown. And if you've, if you've been interviewed by me before, you'll know that I almost always have a bit of a meltdown mid-interview because A, talking to humans is difficult, and uh, B, I have a 41-year-old... Um, booze-addled brain that decides to go on vacation uh, at the most inopportune moments. Um, so I usually have a part, there's always a part of every interview where I just kind of lose my train of thought, and normally I edit it out, but I've left it in this time, because this podcast is, you know, it's geared mostly towards, I think, new writers or writers who are trying to get in the game, really, and podcasting seems to be quite a popular thing people are doing. And a lot of people think it's easy, and uh, it isn't really because you know human beings say things that you uh, you're not you don't know that they're going to say beforehand, and you can't plan for it, and you have to respond very quickly to, and that's responding quickly to anything is something I'm not very good at. So I suppose treat my contribution to this interview as a bad Larry David sketch. I, I think it's fair to say that this meltdown is worse than usual. And I think I blame Chris for it, really. Um, not just for telling me this amazing story about Wizard's Way and not letting me broadcast it, but also at the start he says something to the effect that he's never done an interview that's ever helped him. He feels like every time he does an interview, it 
it actually harms more than helps his book. So I feel like that put a lot more, uh, a huge amount of pressure on me. Um, so thanks for that, Chris. And, uh, but yeah, no, not really. To be honest, the real problem is I ask three pretty shit questions right in a row. And I get the answers that, you know, I should have probably figured I would have gotten. And that coupled with the fact that there's an amazing story I can't broadcast causes me to really lose it. Not really lose it, I suppose. It causes me to um, lose my train of thought worse than ever, really. And I just kind of stare at the wall, slowly dying inside. Uh, <laughs> and I call Laura, Laura, fucking twice. Uh, I think I've edited those bits out just because it's that is just too embarrassing and bush league as fuck. It's so funny during the point where I'm just kind of off with the fairies. Chris actually says something like, "Don't worry, the questions are good." <laughs> he's, he's a step away from patting my hand. Oh God. Anyway, the conversation afterwards in the pub was way more informative and fun. And I suppose a good interviewer would have turned the friggin' microphone back on. But, um, you know, I was still pretty shell-shocked at how badly this interview finishes. Um, If you could look in the photo, the photo was actually taken after the interview. And I'm looking surprisingly chipper. That is only because we've had several drinks afterwards and I've calmed the fuck down yeah if you're thinking of doing a podcast man you know things don't always go swimmingly outside of that the little meltdown I have you actually do get a talk that's quite interesting at times um like I say we did talk about the MAs in creative writing um the minutiae it's a good word of modern life and of course just writing stuff in general and the usual bullshit um, I, for this one, I've actually rescinded the no readings policy. And this one actually finishes with a real reading of one of Lara's stories. And I don't know why I've not put readings in this before. I, this podcast is supposed to be more about the person rather than their work. Um, but there's no reason not to. And I think I'm Jen Ashworth, who I interview uh, later on. That one will come out in June. She does a reading as well. So, yeah, there's going to be readings in the podcast now, and the first one will be at the end of this one. That fucking bell is still going. What is it? A hundred o'clock? How many fucking times is it going to chime? I saw uh, High Rise last night, and this is a movie because of the podcast, and people who know me know I'm obsessed with The End of the World. Um, it's a movie I was quite looking forward to. I've not actually read the book, which is fairly shameful. And to be honest, if I had done, I probably wouldn't have seen the movie because, wow, what a piece of shit that movie is. Um, I hope I'm not scaring away listeners by saying that, but I, I know it's an allegory for the class system and capitalism. Um, we get that in the first two seconds. Whether that's enough to carry an entire film, I have no idea, but I got really bored very quickly and I don't I can't tell if it's like the movies I just don't like movies anymore or if it's just British movies I don't like but it just seems like that it's a movie that really does fall in love with itself um, the characters I mean are we supposed to relate to any of them it's just I don't know it's you know if the world is ending and you are struggling to find something to eat 
You're not going to go to the fucking supermarket and fight over a can of paint so that you can paint your apartment a different color. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's just a stupid movie. I, and ordinarily, I sit on the aisle because I'm a walkouter. If I don't like it, I don't care. I've got better things to do, like sit down on the couch. But um, stupidly, well, I was so convinced that I would like this movie that I went and sat in the middle of the row. So I couldn't walk out, so I had to sit there and watch the entire thing. God, it's awful. And I've got the book at home, but I'm probably not going to read it now. The only other time I've seen a movie where I actually liked the movie more than the book was another Ballard book, The Empire of the Sun, which Empire of the Sun, one of my favorite films, so much better than the book. And if that's the case for this Ballard film, boy, that book's going to be bloody awful. Anyway, enough about that. It's actually quite a sunny day today, and uh, there's people walking past me looking at me funny. I think I might go back to Pomona, really, because... I find this really difficult to talk when there's actually people going by and they see me with the headphones on, staring. That bell is still going. So go buy their books. Go see their band, Hot Shorts. They're playing at the Sounds from the Other City Festival, my favorite festival. And, um, yeah, Lauren, Chris, please come back on the podcast when your books, your next books come out. And uh, I will bring my A-brain with me and uh, do a proper interview. Um, maybe get the beers in at the start. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, so here's the interview. Enjoy. Got a drink? No, no. I uh, you just really I, relaxed. No, I. I'm, I'm kind of like I anesthetized. I have my hands under the chair, mm. uh, and I think I was filling the chair, and then I bit my thumb, and then it tasted really weird, like like some sort of chemical cleaning thing, and then I panicked. So I was like, Ugh. <laughs> so, I, so if I come down all funny, I've ingested some sort of. Uh, That'd thing. be quite good for the podcast. Terrible yeah. for your launch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for the podcast. Makes for good It's like a performance. Yeah. That's part of the reading. Yeah if, you, yeah. If, if you could time it to like a part of the, the reading that you do. Yeah. Like, that would make well, sense. Well, I'm doing a bit where the ca- character in it takes ecstasy for the first time. So I think maybe that. But then he, yeah. Then I change it. And I just pass out. Um, do you want to talk about, first of all, uh, treats? Um, I think basically this is your first collection. First, uh, your debut short story collection. Um, how did it come about? Is that? Um, I I did it as um as uh, my Emmet Louis. Yes, we're recording. We're sorry, recording I should have said now. yeah. This is, I, sorry, a, I just kind of launched into it. It was such a fluid segue. That I know. I didn't realize. Yeah, that's me. Fluid segues. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was for my um, MA um, at Manchester Metropolitan University, and I had to have a final portfolio piece. Um, which is meant to be like a final finished thing. Um, I tried writing a novel, but it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so I started writing short stories, um, and I just hoped I could kind of get away with it. And my tutors were like, "Oh, I don't know if you can do that." And I was like, "Oh, you can. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can." <laughs> yeah, it's in the rules. I I've think seen it myself. Have changed the MA now <laughs> that you can do short story collections. Really? Yeah. Well, so. that, I, just, I'm doing it myself. Am I lying? Oh right. <laughs> This being your first kind of collection that you're releasing and launching and stuff, are you excited about it at least? Or are you kind of jaded about the whole thing? 
I'm, I'm definitely not jaded. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm quite um, apprehensive and nervous and mm. frightened. And, yeah. mm. Are you? What are you reading? Which It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which one are you going to read? Um, I'm reading two. Apparently, um, I I don't know what I'm going to read to begin with, but I'm going to read um, a story called Penguins. Mm-hmm. It seems like well, it has the most jokes in it. Um, <laughs> So that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my only rationale. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they've not asked you to read any specific ones? No, no. Right. Were, were there any in there that you would never read out loud? Um, I was, a bit ago I was going to read um, a, a story where um, a young lady has a, um, a sexual encounter with a gentleman on an aeroplane mm. um, and I, I practiced it and I thought, good heavens, I can't say that. <laughs> in front of people. Maybe I'll get you to read it on this. Please don't. Okay, I won't. <laughs> um, the one thing, and the, the one thing about this podcast is there's, it's the, the audience for it in a lot of ways is our new writers. Um, so I, a lot of these questions are going to be kind of technical questions, if that's all right. Um, one in particular with, that I've noticed with your collection is that you like second person point of view quite a lot. Is that a fair thing to say? There's quite a number, like, I mean, because it's quite an odd, not odd, but it's a, it's a choice you don't see very often. It's quite a sort of um, addictive thing to write. Um, mm. It's got like a nice sort of, um, it's got a nice rhythm to it and, and it feels, you can kind of get away without saying the kind of an awkward he, he said, she said things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started writing them and I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Now I think I have stopped, and I don't think I'll ever write one again. Mm. <laughs> it's um, is it a way to pull the reader in to the book itself, like do you, or to push it on them, or is it just it's literally so you don't have to say he should, he said she should, she said. I think it's because that's how I, I think that's how I talk to myself, just like you, oh you idiot, mm. you need to do this later. Yeah, you're late. That looks stupid. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think mm. it's just a continuation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how is this is Chris is also here hi yeah I didn't know whether I was t- I, yeah I didn't want to interrupt no, but I'm just do. trying to stay quiet and yeah don't, don't stay quiet it's, it, that works re- that's a really terrible idea for okay. audio okay. so feel free to interject <laughs> on each other yeah, yeah interrupt um, in real life it's been out for a year ish yes how's it going it's hard to say um, I'm I don't know. Like, I think it's going okay. Like, mm. I mean, I had no expectations. Like, I was, I was not. I don't know. I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I'm mm. pleased that it's out. That they haven't recalled it or anything. That it's still there. Um, and it got some reviews. And I wasn't really some expect- nice reviews. Yeah, it did. It got mm. some nice reviews. And I wasn't expecting any. I honestly wasn't expecting any reviews. So you know, mm. it's a sort of a, a second novel, which is not a thing many people are interested in. So mm-hmm. it was so 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 my expectations were so low that anything at all that's happened has been a nice surprise and I'm mm-hmm. really pleased with it and I'm pleased. But then at the same time then I but you get a tiny bit of something like you get a nice review and then you want another nice review and yeah. then, then they obviously you don't get you only get few and then I don't know. So secretly yeah. I'm also going oh, I wish more things had happened now but that's yeah. just I've fallen into the dangerous trap of wanting more but I'm happy mm-hmm. I'm very pleased with it yeah good so you're, were you more worried about the second novel well obviously you say that you are because nobody like you say no one wants to read it apparently 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's diff- it's it's a strange thing to write anything and have it published. I think like it was both both times. You just feel I just felt very vulnerable and very. I'm sure I don't know. Well, I'm not saying I'm sure Lara feels vulnerable, mm. but I have no idea what she thinks. But I just mean I I've spoken to some friends who have published books and they definitely have said the same thing. Where you just feel kind of I think and the more autobiographical something mm-hmm. is as well, the more personal it feels. And it's yeah. just like to get it's like getting a ba- like someone's just reviewed your life and said it's yeah. shit or something and. And this is a very autobiographical novel, so so that, wow, yes, that's like, brave. Yeah. So, um, so you, the other thing you've already, you've brought up your MA in creative writing, your book writes about a person. It was you didn't go to school for creative writing though, did you? You. I, I've been both. I've taught. I've both taught creative writing, and I've also been taught creative writing. I did an MA at Manchester University in two thousand four, okay. five, four, five. Is that the Martin Amos yeah, time? Yeah, but it was no. It was before. It was the year before Martin Amos oh. was appointed. Um, so did you have a famous teacher of some description? No, no. We had Jeff Ryman. He's oh, a, yeah. he's, a, he's a notable science fiction mm. uh, author. And uh, well, that's helpful for the stuff some, you write. <laughs> yeah, we had some guests. We had some guest lecturers that came in, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was really it was really good. I had a good time. Yeah. Do you think MAs in creative writing are worth it? Do you, are you happy with your the ones that you got? And I know this is I might put you and Lara especially in a kind of a uh, awkward place because you you're so you've only had yours for a little while, um, so you probably don't want to say bad things about it. If there also, is, so I work for the university where I do. Aha, right. So yes, so that clearly in the marketing you, department. Oh so right. So so you'd say it's brilliant so it was then. So great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chris is making. No, I was not. I, it's taking just, the piss. <laughs> no, I um no, I've, I my experience of creating right there, mate. Creating, God, I can't even say it like that. Yeah. Um, I had a really good time because I was a person who had never at that point I think really met. Well, I, I actually that's not. I was going to say. I was going to say I was a person that had not met anybody at all who did, did writing before seri- and took it seriously. Mm-hmm. So it was a real exciting experience. To, to but I had met a few people. I had a yeah. small unofficial writing group thing that I was a member of. But but in terms of coming to a new city like I liked it for all the parts which were things like I moved to a new city I met a whole new bunch of people I just spent like all my time talking about and thinking about writing which yeah. in 2004 2005 was exactly what I wanted to do yeah. and it was really thrilling uh, to do that and to be taken seriously and to kind of and just to kind of sort of sounds weird maybe but to find out if you're any good you know kind of mm. sharing my things with other people and kind of waiting for a reaction and you know that was the first time I'd really done yeah. that so, so it was really useful for those reasons in terms of having a qualification or kind of things that it's I mean actually though I made a connection with the university and I went back as a writing fellow mm-hmm. uh, and I think that possibly came out of that so that's why I was teaching creative writing so mm-hmm. I think it has and then off the back of that I've got a bit of creative writing teaching so I possibly could do it again but I did find teaching quite a confidence a, a knock it knocked my confidence a lot uh, so I didn't I don't think I'd want to do that again at the moment uh, why would you say that it knocked your confidence uh, or do you even want to talk about it uh, I can talk about it I just think it's I was having a lot of trouble writing a second novel at the time and yet I was telling people how to write their novels and it yeah. just seemed I just felt like a fraud right um, and I just felt very I don't know the idea of speaking with authority about something I think on my MA I was one of the people that like I'm sure I think I remember there was one uh, exercise where, where Jeff brought in a kind of breakdown of a short story and like mm-hmm. a short story does this and this yeah. it has these movements in it and, and it was like a mathematical equation and at the time I kind of really fiercely rejected the idea of all that kind of stuff and then yeah. a year later or two years later I'm kind of looking trying to plan a, a lesson for some first year undergraduate yeah. students going 
I've got to do the same thing and I've got to like try and break writing into its components and, and talk about it like a kind of, like in those ways and and, mm. and that just left me kind of caught somewhere between the two just going what do I think yeah. you know and I don't really know yeah I think a lot of a lot of my writing is done more you know on sort of in, in, in terms of instinct or kind of like just going organic yeah I think it's yeah. good or I think it's bad and I do revise and stuff and I mm-hmm. and I like paying attention to I like looking at books I like and thinking why I like them and looking at sentences and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. to actually kind of talk about it mechanically just made me feel a bit yeah sort of odd that's it's do you think that was a choice of the university and we don't have to put this stuff in i'm just nosy now but um do you think that's a choice of the the university that you're teaching at because the at mmu because you was it mmu that you went to or manchester university i went to mmu yeah so i'm doing the same one um i find the lecturers and this is not a kiss up because this is actually part of the project but um to be quite the opposite of that because I was I had quite a cynical view before I came in thinking oh I know you know MA creative writing you can tell when you read someone's novel and you can tell that came from a creative writing person but uh, it, I my writing's changed completely uh, I think for the, the better hopefully um, as it, uh, coming through the MA so I, I had quite a positive experience I think I, I, I mean I, I'm not saying I didn't mm. I did have a positive uh, I could understand one, why I you wouldn't one, I was just yeah. talking about one specific time when yeah. I think Jeff was talking Jeff definitely talks more about the mechanics of writing. I think that's, yep. that's worthwhile and interesting. I wasn't saying it wasn't. Yeah. I just mean I didn't... I think Didn't connect to it. Not at the time. Yeah. I sort of have since. I've got yeah. loads of like creative writing yeah, yeah, yeah. textbooks. I like thinking about plot construction now. All kinds of things that I probably didn't at the time, but yeah. I don't know. I've had, uh, yeah, I've had other friends that have gone through the Manchester University one too and say similar things, but yeah. I think at MMU it was quite a loose sort of structure. Um, particularly for my MA. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if there was a structure. We just... I did it part-time as well, so it was just like one night a week after work. Um, mm. So I would have liked to have had that experience of like, Im- like immersion in this sort of collegial like, atmosphere, like idly like flipping through the pages of a friends and under, under a tree. Mm. Mine was just like trying to get back from Blackburn where I worked at one time. <laughs> Um, I think both your works are, and I, I was trying to like, how do I find a connection between the two, which is I, I think quite difficult because you're very different writers, obviously. Um, but they're both quite modern pieces that you guys, and especially and with your band as well. It seems like you you sing and you write about things that are very happening in this moment now. But. I mean, for me, no, I, 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 for me, when I, oh, I don't know, like I like reading about things which seems to reflect my own experience Mm -hmm. and um i think when i first found i mean although at the same time like say like richard yates reflects in some Mm -hmm. ways reflects my experience but even though it's it's full of it's populated with very different like reference points and different kinds of things but i think that was there was a kind of it was a small one but it felt like a small revelation to me to kind of go more not as much like oh i'm gonna write about the internet and Mm. things but it was more that like i liked a lot of american writing and and that kind of realist stuff which is full of you know um the minutiae cans, yeah cans yeah. of of cola and things like this but mm-hmm. then i'm just going to write about like um morrisons and grand designs and mm-hmm. and and things like that it just seems suddenly kind of like oh yeah i don't need to try and find ways to avoid putting in all the things that surround me in my life i'll just mm-hmm. kind of put them all in because i think it's sort of it's not a very good joke but it seems to me like a small joke to kind of put that in like i think it seems mm-hmm. like i like the idea of somebody 
just going going to Morrison's. That seems mm. funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> because it's but it's not to say there are a lot there's probably lots of novels at the moment about people going to Morrison's, but mm. but that was my from that for, for me seems really kind of transgressive. Yeah. Do you think that you, a lot of people write in the in the, the present because getting older or the future kind of scares you a bit with like a marriage and a you know the three kids and the picket fence. Um, I don't know. I do. I do. Rem- I did find it when I was single, mm. and I do. I remember at the time thinking, oh, being in a relationship seems like a lot of watching TV. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to people at work, and and they would all just be talking every day to their partners about what they were going to have for dinner. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. And now I do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. That, so that's that's all I have to. Yeah, have and that's quite all right. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to me. I've completely <laughs> lost my train of thought. I think they're good questions. Like they're good just questions. Have, I know. Yeah. Have, have faith in have my faith questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. I think You're they are. Out. They're good. They're I fine. Know. I wouldn't say I'm freaking out. I'm just com- oh. completely drawing a blank. I don't know what's happening. Like mid question. Strange. Anyway, um, what is going on? This is something. This is almost for my own personal thought because it's, it's something that's happened quite a while ago. What is happening with Wizard's Way? And why, uh, this this metal man thing, I've been yeah. trying to get you, as we talked about before, trying to get you three together, yes. which is virtually impossible. Uh, with, uh, uh, because Jack Black, this is a, yeah. a thing, and the reason why I bring it up is because uh, Jack Black has bought the rights to it or something, hasn't he? Yes, although it's kind of, it keeps changing and it keeps shifting around. I don't know if I'm allowed to, I don't know how okay. much I'm allowed to say, which is frustrating. Hi, me again. This is the bit I was talking about that I had to cut out about Wizard's Way. I really hope someday I can broadcast this story um, because it's, I think it's quite a useful thing for other writers to know about. But um, yeah, I can't. Uh, like I said before, Chris does give you the broadcastable version just as soon as I stop talking now. If you see me in the pub, uh, ask me about it. And uh, actually, no, don't. I'm not sure I, I can even tell you then. But uh, yeah, ask Chris. <laughs> Sorry, world. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. Okay, how much up. of that can I put in? None. None. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's unbelievable. I could do a, I could do a version you could put in. Go on then. It's taken a long time to um, because there's been yes there's been Jack Black's production company were really interested in it and um, but it's just taken a long time kind of finding out exactly what that's going to be and I think the latest version now is that it's going to be not a film but uh, Comedy Central are in, interested and it's going to be a I think they're going to do like a sitcom pilot which we're all really excited mm-hmm. about um, but uh, it has meant that we've yeah we haven't been able to put Wizards Way online yet. But we are hopefully, hopefully going to be able to put it online soon. Like, the idea is it's going to be free, so everyone can watch it for free. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, you guys are also in a band together. Yes. A band that I quite like, actually. I was, it's one of those things where uh, when you find out that somebody that you're going to talk to does something else, and you think, oh, God, I'm going to ask them about it, but I really hope I like it as well, because then it's going to be a nice conversation. It's brilliant. When is your, when's that, why isn't that album come out? Um, well, Jack Black's production. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's gonna, we've done the album; it's finished. Uh, but um, they're waiting to get it pressed, so it's going to mm. come out on vinyl. But that means that the 
I think record store day and things like that has kind of pushed back mm-hmm. the pressing. But yeah, kind of like it's looking now like summer, like June, July, and it'll be out on an album. Right. Well, that doesn't help me out any. I've used your old music in my podcast. Oh. No, it's fine. It's good. Um, I still haven't decided which one I'm going to use, whether it's going to be just trolling or I don't give a fuck about your website. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys meet? Um, through my boyfriend, Pete. Oh, right. Um, who is the bassist for Hot Shots and also your friend. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We've been, I've been, Pete and I have been Facebook friends for five years. Right. And what, actual friends for how long? Five years. All right. <laughs> um, so why did you join the band? Um, the they needed somebody, somebody dropped out. Okay, right. Um, where are you guys playing next, or are you? I've got a few, yeah. Um, sat- on Saturday, the, 20, is that the 26th, mm-hmm. we're playing at uh, Fuel in Withington, supporting Lower Slaughter and Former Bullies. <laughs> and then at the end of April... Playing sounds from the other city on the. It's going to be like uh, a like a TV stage, so they're going to broadcast it on the internet. And there's other there's like bands like Martha and. Ah, uh, which Kowtow. venue are you in? I don't know yet. Oh that's, man, that's my favorite festival, yeah. my absolute favorite festival in the whole world. Great. Um, have you been before? Yeah, we played it last year. Oh, did you? Yeah, we were. Where, where, which, which we were in one of the arches. Um, oh. We were at the. Um, I can't remember what. The were you, did was. you play with fists? We we're on the same stage as them. Yeah. yeah. It was. In, it was yeah, our label had a little like mini showcase of three bands within right. that on that stage, yeah. and we were there. Yeah, so it was like mid afternoon. Yeah, because fists. I I have friends because I'm I lived in Nottingham for a while, right? And I have friends that that know them. Oh basically. yeah, great. Yeah. I know so, my uh, my friend Katie drums in a band called Rattle with Teresa from Fists. Oh right. Yeah, and I also know and wasn't isn't one of Fists in Grey Hairs as well. Uh, yeah. And we played a gig with Grey Hairs. Oh right. Nottingham. So I know people. Yeah, well, I know Nottingham people. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yes. yes. Yeah, because I used to write for the I don't know if you know Left Line magazine in yes. Nottingham. Yeah, that was that's basically I wrote for that. I had a column in that for both. I did, an, I did an interview with them once. In no way. About two thousand. I'm gonna go find it and see yeah. if my my see if the interviews there in my columns. That'd be yeah. weird, wouldn't it? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I used to work in Select as well. All oh, right. In Nottingham. Yeah. Why did you live in Nottingham? Uh, I did uh, my undergraduate. Oh yeah, Nottingham Trent. Yeah, Nottingham Trent University. Yes. I should have uh, figured that out because yeah. I read that just today. Huh. Oh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> Are you guys writing anything else at the moment? And I, I know how long has this been finished for, Lara? Um, probably just over a year. Hmm. So it's been a year of um, talking with publishers and. And rewriting. Yeah. And yeah. So it's back and forth with editors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you have you been writing anything else in the meantime that we can? Just, and I, I know it sounds silly because today is your launch of this one to be even thinking of the next one, but that's how. I'm trying to write a novel. Mm. I don't know if I will. What was so terrible about the first one? It was just awful, and also it was the premise was a Raymond Carver short story that I hadn't read. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Quite th- a famous one, actually. It's em- embarrassing that I hadn't read it. <laughs> I-, I probably haven't either. Which one was it? The Neighbours. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you wrote a novel about well, a I, did, I didn't write a novel. I began writing a novel and then mm. someone was like, oh, it's like, it's exactly like that Raymond Carver short story. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought, well, that's it. I, well, I'm glad to hear that there's a novel coming because I thought maybe you, that put you off long form fiction forever it did mm. I'm, I'm just trying I'm just persevering yeah so are you gonna are there other short stories as well um every now and then I get sort of the 
beginning of an idea for a short story, but I don't know if I've kind of got the gumption to mm. continue with one at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Will it uh, depend on how this one does? I know that's a dirty question. I don't think. Are you worried? I, I, don't, I don't think um, short story collections are much of like a money maker. No. <laughs> but I think I, I think it will do very well as far as as well as a short story collection can do because I quite liked it. I think it's going to be quite good. And there's people. It seems to be getting you're getting reviews as well. I've had a few reviews. Mm. Yeah. And they seem quite glowing. The skinny, especially. The skinny, yeah. They they did a really nice review, um, and then a couple others, but mm. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm really terrible at answering questions That's if all right. I haven't prepared them, and I and I'm it's not already boring myself. Do you know what? It's it's that I just stop. It's me. It, the, the what it is is I've had quite a few interviews, and it's I've kind of relied on people that I've known quite well. So I've had I know, I've like a back catalogue of personal information I know about them, um, and when it's people that I don't know, I, I my concern mainly is that I'm I feel like I'm monopolizing it, so I'm probably mm. keep pulling back because yeah. I'm. But then still somehow monopolizing it. Mm. So I'm doing the worst <laughs> of both things. Uh, but yeah. That's great. Thank you very much. Did you enjoy that? I cannot tell you how absolutely no fun my breakdown was for me to listen to you again. Um, wasn't it great how three of my crappy questions in a row totally bombed? Listen, that bell is still going. This is... I, it's getting ridiculous now. I've been recording for a good half an hour, and that church bell is still going. What is it? It's not even... Like, it's not Easter Sunday. It's the Sunday after Easter Sunday. Um, anyway, it's... I'm not enjoying it. I've got two more interviews lined up. I've got one with Sarah Bradley... Uh, who is the, she runs the Northern Short Story Award, I guess. I'll ask her about that. I don't know what the actual title of it is. And she's just released a book uh, through an interesting publishing company called Dead Inc. They get money from the Arts Council, I believe, and also crowdfund to get some books made. And the books that they publish, I think they only do three or four a year, and they're all hardcovers. So that's quite interesting. So I talked to Sarah about her book and about the northern short story award um i say i i talked to her like i've already interviewed her i i'm seeing i'm actually going to her house next wednesday uh which i've never done before <laughs> if you don't hear from me call the police and uh like i said earlier i talked to jen ashworth about her new book fell that comes out i think either the end of june or early july and that's when this the interview with her will go out and uh, that interview I have done, and it goes a lot more swimmingly than this one did for some reason. I must have been in a better place. We talked to each other on Canal Street, and it's a nice, bright, sunny day outside, rather than the kind of stark um, bowels of the Whitworth Art Gallery where I interviewed Lara and Chris. Um, I think that has something to do with it. If someone has a access to a room like some, just a cool corner of your office or something where I can do this podcast on a regular basis that I can set up shop permanently, let a brother know. I will happily mention your name on the podcast <laughs> and uh, maybe even use your services, whatever those might be. So let me know. 
Um, for now, I'm going to leave you with Lara reading from her short story collection. And um, I will talk to you later. Bye. This is called Dates. Dust shadow over your eyelids, a shade with some gorgeous caloric name. Blink as it loosens to cinders. Arrange curls that coil to your shoulders like the swooping slip of a helter-skelter slide. Select underwear with the considered curation of triumph. Realise you have no good, clean underwear. Dating is an art, and like everything else, it is a bit hit and miss. Prepare conversation topics, little flashcards fixed in your mind. Things like responsive design and capitalist realism. In a pinch, bring up Syria. These are the things that will make you seem interesting. This here is your backup plan. Consider how you might pitch yourself, maybe like a girly girl, one who can, you know, fix a car, or perhaps something more throaty, more guttural, something perhaps more Germanic, a country frau who might throw on a dirndl and enthusiastically milk a cow. File your nails, tidy your room, wonder why you ever gave up smoking, wonder why your steady shift dress, which previously fit like memory foam, is suddenly too small. Arrive a little early, surveying the restaurant, the tables and chairs arranged in a peculiar gridlock, like a series of contained game shows. Decide whether you are the contestant or the host. Be polite and ask questions. Ask a lot of questions. When your food arrives, stare at your plate. It is a riddle that needs to be solved. It is a crossword that needs to be half-finished. It is a book that needs to be abandoned midway, its pages ruffling in the whistle of a light summer breeze. Eat with the careful mathematics, four bites of the caramelised cabbage, two of the Cumbrian roast veal, seven of the sorrel and split pea mousse. Like chromosomes in a human person, the numbers need to be exact. The waiter will loom over you. Is everything okay, he will ask. Now there is a question, now that there is a question. Say something whimsical, something like, doesn't the light bounce off the walls like something that might have been seized by the Third Reich? Something like, don't the rose jellies look like two bloodied kidneys, which do themselves in turn look like quotation marks? Something like, doesn't the sound of you smacking your lips together when you chew make, make you want to stab out your own eyes with a salad fork? Stare off into some wistful middle distance when you are saying it, to instill the sentiment with the correct air of authenticity. Men like that. Ignore the prickling pain when he says he doesn't like skinny girls. This is flattery. You are being flattered. Split the bill. It is the 21st century. Now come on. Punctuate the evening with an insouciant punch on the arm and some pally name like Buddy or Cowboy. Tell him you'll just get a cab. Return home, flip open your laptop, microwave something to eat, take up space. Consider why you're even trying to meet someone if you're happiest when left alone. Mm-hmm.